0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Relationships Rule. My special guest this week is Nancy Zare, Dr. Nancy Zare. She is a PhD and a brilliant woman in so many ways. I am very impressed. She has her master's and doctorate from Boston College and is a former professor of social work. She's the author of six books, including an Amazon International bestseller. Um, I met Nancy, what a surprise, on LinkedIn (laughs) and how I meet all my wonderful, not all, but a lot of my wonderful guests um, with um, building relationships with people on LinkedIn. And I know that Nancy and I had a lot in common when we first um, looked at each other's profiles. We both talk about LinkedIn. We both talk about relationship building. So I'm very excited to hear your take on things, Nancy, and welcome to the show. Thank you,
1: Janice. And likewise, I'm so excited because of the fact that we do have this commonality. Uh, We share a, a love for LinkedIn and definitely building
0: relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that I was trying to figure out though, you are a practicing, I think, psychologist. Yes, still?
1: Well, I don't hold, I don't maintain a license. I did get my PhD. Uh, So I, in case anyone's wondering there, I am not psychoanalyzing you. I am not reading you in terms of your psychological, you know, fitness or anything like that. But I do use my knowledge of psychology, human behavior in order to help my clients figure out how to sell to their prospects, how to build that relationship influence them in a positive way, not a manipulative way, in order to do business together. And, and so how long have you been doing this now? Now, I've been a psychologist all my life. Right. Honestly, right. I was born a psychologist. <laughs> However, the, the sales part I've been doing for about 13 years now.
0: Okay. So you have your system. That's right. Um, of reading people. And of sort of categorizing, I would say, you know, how to how to read um, the way I would say to mirror sometimes to mirror how they are so that you can make their life so that you can make them feel more comfortable and willing to buy from you. Would that be a fair assessment? It's it's close, but I would change that word mirror. Because
1: uh, mirroring suggests that I'm reflecting back to somebody what I'm seeing or hearing. And what I'm actually doing is identifying their personality or what I call buying style. It turns out that there are four different personality styles. We are a combination of all four, just in a different amount and a different order. And that. And so I'm helping you read the personality style. And why is that important? Because when you know someone's personality style, it comes with a cluster of values. And so rather than mirroring their behavior or their language or something like that instead let's talk values because janice isn't it true when we talk values to each other that's when you feel like your heart kind of starts skipping a beat and you Uh get excited because values are valuable and we love to talk about what is near and dear to our heart
0: absolutely it's so true and so okay combining your um Uh, buying styles that you're, I'm going to get you to, to just give me the, the, the quick version of each of the four styles. Um, Combining that though, with um, building or beginning relationship, relationship building on LinkedIn, which is the way to, I believe, and I know you do too, to, to find people that, that could be prospects or referral partners on LinkedIn. There's so much you can do before you actually talk to them. Right? Yes. And
1: that is definitely one of the skills that I teach my clients. When you go to a LinkedIn profile, what is it that you notice? Now, of course, there's usually a picture, I hope a photo, as opposed to that, you know, gray toned profile that looks horrible. Uh, Sometimes there's a banner, but sometimes not. Right. Then there are different sections. People may or may not have filled in all the sections, but but at the top of the LinkedIn profile, that is the photo. And there are a few words that tell the person what it is you do. Well, just by looking at the photo, reading those words, you get a sense of what the style is. And that's what I teach.
0: All right. So let's go. Let's dig in a little bit to the four different styles. Because that, I think, will help moving forward. And it certainly okay. helps people who don't think about these things. So go ahead. Right. So now there's a good chance that people in the audience have
1: already been exposed to one of the over 200 personality systems, things like DISC, Mm -hmm. Wilson uh, Learning Performax. uh, There are names and objects and colors, birds, animals, and so forth. Well, I I have entered into yet another personality system. I use numbers. And this is why numbers are so crucial because they are linked to how long it takes someone to make up their mind. So I use the numbers to tell you how long the person's going to take, how many contacts are needed before they can decide. And the numbers are two, four, six, and eight now this is based upon 35 years of research in telemarketing and actually the numbers when we finished that research were 135 and 7 but we've added an extra number because in this digital era it's a, as opposed to when we were using telephones and in person meetings there's two there's more exchanges going on before people actually connect Hence, that's why we kind of up the anti by, you know, an extra number. So two, four, six, and eight are the four buying styles. And that means the number two buyer makes up their mind in only one or two contacts. Whereas the number eight buyer starts with eight. Now, if you turn the eight on its side, it looks like the infinity symbol. This is the person who goes forever to think about it, gather information before making up their minds.
0: You know, it was funny. I I was talking to somebody yesterday, uh, a prospect had been referred to me and um, a first conversation over Zoom about doing some work with him on LinkedIn. And we were on the, I hoped to be off the call in half an hour. Really, that was all I thought was maximum, but it went a little bit longer. And what I noticed was He wasn't ready to make a decision, obviously, if it took. And I just backed right off. And I just said, you know, this is great. Um, If you have any other questions, let me know. You don't have to decide right now. Whatever you decide is fine. And when you're ready, you know, if you want to do some work together or not, it's totally fine. Just let me know. And, of course, I will follow up if I don't hear from him. But, right, but it was just that I needed to back off. And I could see that. So that's, I think, an example of an eight, right? That's an example of an eight. And so
1: what I appreciate about your story, Janice, is it illustrates what is coming naturally to you at this point. You picked up the sense that if I pressured this individual, if I forced this person to make a decision, not only would the decision be no, the decision would be never, ever bother me again. And that isn't what we want because you and I are both into relationships. And Mm -hmm. so by cultivating the relationship, backing off, letting the person know that whatever time frame was appropriate, you would honor and respect it, you know, get it kept the relationship intact. In fact, it probably enhanced it.
0: Good. I like that. So yes. okay. so so you also though use colors to represent those numbers, don't you or is that well, just for your fun thing? You,
1: you know, I started off using the uh, colors along with words and then I, like I said, I've evolved now to just use the numbers. Yeah, that's pretty simple. The numbers, because again, I'm into selling. And so if you know somebody's going to be able to make a decision the first time you talk, that makes a very different sales conversation than the person you just described. And the two people in between are also quite different. For example, our number four buyer, they need two or three. They're actually fairly quick, but then they get cold feet after they said yes. Mm -hmm. And you need one more contact. You need to go back. And reassure them that I'm so excited we're working together. Not that I made a sale, but that we are going to be connected and working together. Now, your number six. Again, takes about five, six, seven contacts. Um, If you know anything about sales statistics, 70% of sales happen after six contacts, Mm -hmm. hence this is your average buyer. Um, And they have to get a proposal, they need to read, they need to learn about your system. They want a a proven uh, social proof that other people have used you and that what you do works very different than our number eight who's gathering scientific evidence which is a different thing than social proof in fact they don't want hearsay and opinions they want evidence statistics and data
0: that show that what you do works and and again just to go back to that example from yesterday um this person did comment that he wanted to go back and relook at the things that I had on my website. So I knew right away that he needed to go and do his homework before, right. you know, he wanted to make a decision. So that was fine. Um, So you call you have your system. You call the a likability system. Yes. It's a five-step process for building rapport quickly and authentically with all four buying styles. Now um, this is something I, I'd love to dig into because I, a major thing that I teach when I'm teaching LinkedIn to people is how to build relationships through the the mailbox, right? It's through finding the people through advanced searches, finding a list of people that you then want to dig in and find out a little bit more about and reach out to. So when you are, um, uh, what was I going to say? Just a minute. Uh, oh, that when I'm, teaching this and showing it by example somebody will say to me a a student will say to me well what do I say in the message like they kind of have no idea how to build rapport how can you actually teach that I try I totally try and I do to the best of my knowledge but it needs a lot more hand-holding for some for some people and I'm guessing those are certain the you know maybe the I don't know the six and eight. I don't know.
1: I would agree with you. I think they tend to be the six and eight because the six is a very reserved person and they don't like to annoy and bother people or be seen as an interruption. Hence, they would feel very funny about, well, I can't just Talk to them like what can you like script it for me? What am I supposed yes, to say? Yes. And your eights are not actually terribly social; they right, feel sir. very awkward on social platforms. So again, they're not sure what you do to strike up a conversation because they hate chit chat. Yes, yeah. Your two, of course, dives right in. You see, the two. The two buying style not only makes a quick decision as a buyer, they are quick as a seller. Hence, so they have no problems just saying, hey, man, what's up? Yo, you know, and they're and notice I changed my energy and my, yes, my okay. language because they are enthusiastic, excited and they're ready to go. Your fours, of course, love people. They want a friend. So again, they usually don't have difficulty uh, saying something friendly and starting a conversation. Uh, So what what could happen potentially for your students is to have four different scripts, you Mm -hmm. know, for for the four different styles. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, then that presumes that they read and know what style they're talking
0: to. Well, now, That also makes me think of um, certain types of people aren't my people, and they never feel comfortable learning and doing that. that, Yes,
1: right. I want to emphasize what Janice just said because what what you said is amazing. A lot of people don't recognize that until later in their careers when they have been burned a few times by accepting clients who are people that rub you the wrong way and it's just a mess when you deal with them and they're not bad people nor are you a bad person but your styles are opposite and hence the person is very fast and energetic and you're slow and calm it's not a good match and so it's very important to be able to say no and what I recommend to my clients is that they find someone who does what they do but has a different style and hence, you can start referring to each other the people that are you know better matches for each of you.
0: So interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's all human behavior. There's the psychology thing, right? It's like now. That being said, I know that you, um, uh, you are you have a spiritual side. Oh, I do. Yes, and I I think I don't know if it comes with um, maturity. I'll say. But I know, for example, my mother started to get more spiritual as she got older, and I'm finding the same thing. And, um, but I'm not sure to what extent and that, you know, and what, what uh, path you take. For me, I find that I, I work and have always worked a lot on instinct and intuition. And, and so... Um, I may not have labeled things the way you have but my intuition and I know you know I've read and I've studied different things and I've taken courses in different things so it all it's all in there but for me it comes out as intuition and as I've gotten older that becomes has become stronger for me and that kind of leads to me towards spiritual spirituality so tell me tell me your I,
1: I appreciate what you're saying, because when we're younger, we are so caught up in the goals and aspirations and dreams and, you know, we're go getters trying to achieve whatever it is that we've set out. And so we don't really have time for that spiritual side of life because we're so involved in the material side of life. Mm-hmm. And then as you say, at some point, and it could happen because there was some life-threatening event, or it could happen because you meet somebody who um, has offers you this point of view and suddenly it clicks or whatever, um, as, as we may get older, then we may be more open to it. And... What I also think happens, Janice, like in your case and in mine, is that the more we practice that intuitive side of us, the more we begin to trust it, more the more experience we have that it works. And that and that validates our continuing to develop that
0: part and use it. Totally. Right. Now, do you um uh are you do you follow any any spiritual influencer or leaders?
1: I'm very much impressed with something called A Course in Miracles, which was uh, first uh, came out in the 70s. Yeah, Mary, And Yeah, and and so that has shaped my point of view substantially. And then recently, I had moved to uh, Florida from Massachusetts, and I came across uh, the Unity Church, in which the minister does a meditation service uh, 8 AM Sunday mornings, which, by the way, is on YouTube. Uh, It's streamed live in case anyone wants to check it out. Well, he happens to have a huge background of eastern as well as western uh, religious traditions and he blends them together which is why i am so uh, taken with his point of view because he is able to bring in judeo christian concepts along with um you know studies that i'll be candid with you i don't even know how to pronounce <laughs> a lot of these asian you know uh yeah. uh, uh traditions that date you know 5000 10000 years right. of um of tradition and
0: so i yeah i'm so taken with it i must tell you that's interesting um i interviewed uh actually someone um a couple about a month or so ago um and actually did some training with her on linkedin and she teaches a course of miracles and she's been doing it for about 30 years she's amazing she's local here and um i should connect the two of you because um, it'd be interesting she does um uh work uh masterminds and sessions with people on it and teaches it it's quite interesting and yet she's been a marketer and a sales professional her whole life right so well
1: and this is where you know if you have a background in spirituality and you rely on your intuition that doesn't negate bringing it in as appropriate when I'm talking to a client you know again I will say something and and it will be quite spiritually oriented in terms of looking at the bigger picture instead of just a technique
0: yeah so how um how do you let's just go back to LinkedIn again and um reaching out to um strangers that you've looked at their profile you got a sense of who they are as you feel it and um and then you go to reach out so um how do you, like, do you, because you're going to predetermine what you think their style is, and now you're going to have a couple of little messages. Does it, does it ever fail you? Does it, um or do you ask specific questions to uh, a two or a four or a six or eight to just test that? Do you know what I mean? Is there a certain question? Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I understand what you're saying. And I, I will tell you that myself and my, my, my clients, my students are about 95% accurate in identifying people's style. So um, what usually happens and, and I'm going to just give some a few statistics to help put this in um, proper perspective. 30% of the population has one of those four styles that they rely on for everything. And that is their dominant style. But 60%, that's more than half, 60% of the population have two styles that they rely on and they alternate. Usually one is more prevalent in their work life and the other is more prevalent in their personal life. What will happen generally is that as you're starting to talk with somebody, that personal social style comes out. But when you ask them a business decision to make a, you know, a, a question that they have to decide, then you, they switch. And so this is where I help my clients listen to vocal qualities because it's very evident in vocal qualities when someone has changed style it it shows up in their voice it shows up in, in the speed of the voice the volume and something called inflection inflection is the voice going up the octave and down the octave um drawing outwards or da, 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 that's very very staccato so these are some of the things that i help people figure out remember so 30 percent one style 60 percent two styles 7% three styles and 3% all four styles. So generally speaking, we try to identify the two styles going into a conversation, knowing that the majority of people are going to vacillate or switch between those two.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's good. That's good information. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask you, I haven't asked this for a while, but I used to ask, all of my um, podcast interviews, uh, guests, uh, this question, but I feel like I'd like to hear what you have to say. So it's a two part question. It is, um, I'm a very curious person. And I would like to know, number one, do you believe that curiosity is innate, or learned? And part two, what are you most curious about these days?
1: So as far as whether curiosity is innate or learn, I, I think both apply. It's like we have a certain amount of curiosity. Remember when, you know, if you've had a child or we, we were children, we asked a lot of why questions, usually around the age of two, three, four, and mommy and daddy got sick of it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, they absolutely. That's why I'm saying if you have a child, then yeah. you, you've been through that stage of, well, why mommy? Why daddy? You know, and so forth. Uh, so the curiosity is there Um, and you, and it's just, I think it's innate, but it gets squelched. And it gets squelched in our, unfortunately, our families, our school system, our our religious uh, institutions. It it gets squelched. And so uh, people pull it back. And especially in school where you have to have the right answer, you know, it's uh, what's called banking form of education. You know, you're supposed to, you know, uh, give back what you've been what's been deposited this again is another damper on curiosity mm-hmm. so as adults if you are recognizing that you're not as curious as perhaps you might like to be it's not too late to uh, allow your your soul your spirit you know to for that freedom to start being curious like well why am i doing what i'm doing and so the curiosity right now Uh, because of the fact that I am very much aware that for me this material life is maybe not so real and that maybe reality is the spiritual path. Uh, That's where my curiosity is today. I'm very curious to um, soak up, learn, understand other people's ways of achieving and, uh, and getting that information. So that is where I am most curious right now is in expanding my my
0: spirituality. Wow, That's pretty. Thank you for sharing that. yeah, because that's I think that, again, I have to say because, you know, as we get older, our our um, priorities change in so many ways. And you know, and I, all I have to do is look at my little granddaughter who's going to be four in July. And, you know, I'm not going to see a lot of her life. And I I just, I find it, it, speeded, it speeds things up and I just want it to slow it down, you know? And it's, it's really interesting, but um, yeah, that's so cool. So I saw something on your um, introduction that said your secret desire is to go racing on the Autobahn. Oh my goodness. So you like to drive? Well, I like, to, I like to race, uh, you know, wow. and uh, I like the
1: thrill of, I guess, that seat in the pants feeling when, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what they call it. I think they call it G's when the gravitational pull yeah. on your back end is, you know, oh. strong. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to experience that.
0: Well, my daughter um, was a, uh, out of university. She went over to Croatia to try out for a basketball team. And she spent a little bit of time there. And then when she was leaving, her agent took her from uh, Croatia through to, I think, Vienna, maybe to to get um, a plane home. And she said, I've never experienced anything so crazy in my life. They go so fast on that freeway. Right. And it was like the Autobahn. But oh, my goodness. Yeah, so she said craziness. I would not. It's true.
1: You know, here in the United States, uh, where many of us, uh, you know, we maybe we go above the speed limit, but, you know, there are certain limits. And every now and again, you know, you'll see some car that is weaving in and out of traffic and it blows my mind because, of course, uh, all of
0: us become a hazard
1: to (laughs) to that fast car.
0: Yeah. So, um, Nancy, uh, do you prefer to read? to listen or to watch these days?
1: Oh, what a great question. I think I am, um, I'm gonna use the word listen, but I don't think listen is quite it, it's dialogue you see it's more than listening it's being able like what we're doing is to go back and forth and have an exchange Uh, so I do read I enjoy reading I like audible audio books I definitely like audio books you know um, but I have to say that it's the exchange that's where I
0: because that you know makes me excited I'm engaged and hopefully the other person is too Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I love talking to people. And that's why I started a podcast. Everybody else wanted to write a book. I'm not the book writer. I I wanted to talk to people. You, though, have written books as well. Your most recent book, is it No Pressure Selling? Is that the most recent No No Pressure Selling selling? and
1: talking about an audio book. Hopefully, it's going to be
0: released very shortly as an audio book. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. So um, the premise of that book is the system, Yes. The
1: premise is actually 15 proven formulas that uh, show how to increase sales, get more clients without being salesy, using no pressure selling uh, strategy. Uh, And one of those formulas which is not to be missed is called the no to yes formula. Uh, Invariably, people are gonna hear the word no, but again, Janice, this will please you because if you know what to say when, when someone says no, It doesn't mean no, never, I get out of my life. It means no, not now. Hence, if you know how to respond to it, you keep the relationship going. And so one of the formulas actually tells you what to say to keep that relationship going. That's really good.
0: I may have to get that book because it's always fun to read somebody else's version of it, right? It's it's so good because I always say, never leave a meeting without booking another meeting. And right, and even if, they say no, you can always say, do you mind if I check back with you in a, you know, and how long, you know, give them some input into that, right? Yep. Yep. And I love the way you phrase it. Do you mind?
1: Because uh, the whole premise of uh, no pressure selling is, is per- permission-based selling, mm-hmm. right? Ask for permission. Mm-hmm. Because when you when the other person has a say-so, then they're likely to follow through. And
0: again, it, it builds and enhances the relationship. I don't know if you do this, but I even do that when I'm teaching people how to reach out on LinkedIn. Would you be open to connecting as me, to- me
1: too. Me oh. too. Me too. I, I, I totally permission-based.
0: Yeah. So cool. Well, so fantastic to talk to you, Nancy. You have, are a wealth of information and you know your stuff. That's what I love. Your stuff is right in here. It's in your heart and you know what you're talking about. And to me, that is half the, half the sale there because you know, and that comes across. And when people hear that and they and they're your people. It's an easy sell, I would think. So um, how can people find you? And I've got all, I think I've got a list of things, but your website? Link- sure, uh, the website is
1: easy. It's nancyzare.com. Uh, you. If you spell my last name uh, correctly, it's Z for Zestful, A-R-E. So nancyzare.com. Uh, you'll also find uh, linkedin.com. And a- again, in And it's Nancy Zare. So that's another easy way to connect with me. Perfect. And your
0: book is on Amazon. And it's on Amazon. Perfect. Um, So last question, last question. One piece of your favorite business advice for somebody, for our audience. So even though I've been talking
1: about these four personality styles, I'm going to give you my favorite advice, which is to be yourself. What is your style? Be more of that style. Every style has pros and cons. You know, it's like a double-edged sword. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Know what your style is. Know what endears you to people. Also know what can rub people the wrong way so that you you manage your style rather than your style manages you. Bingo. Thank you,
0: Nancy. Thank you for being here. And welcome. It's my pleasure to your sales success. And <laughs> thank you to my audience for being here again. I appreciate you. And uh, if you like what you heard, please leave a review and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes and remember to stay connected and be remembered.